Sign me. Hell yeah, you did. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Kush and Kai. I'm Kai. I'm Kush. What's good, y'all? Oh, it's a badass kind of episode. Do you know why? We're talking about Mario Van Peebles written, starring, and directed badass. That's that's with two A's and five S's. Which makes it really hard to find when you Google. <laughs> it doesn't, like, conform to a standard, you know what I mean? Like, it just doesn't... Yeah, Google's like, I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. We don't do slang here. You're That's talking not. about the Danny Trejo movie? Yeah, is this, no. is this what you want? It's, no, no. But that's also uh, a very fun movie. That is. Yeah. That, that, that is Danny Trejo. Anything Danny Trejo is in, it's like, sure. Yeah, I'll give a look at it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what, whatever he's up to. But we're talking about the people, the people's verse. Van Peebles. We did Fist of the North Star a couple weeks ago, and one of the biggest stars in the smallest roles was Melvin Van Peebles. And this is his story. This is based on his book, How to Get the Man's Foot Out of Your Ass. The story of how he got his first indie film made, Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song. Badass Song. And gosh, I mean, seeing it at first, like there's a lot of stylistic choices going on. Like they're using the, on the, the OTF, the on the fly, like interview style mm-hmm. uh, that was new at the time in, in storytelling, mm-hmm. but a movie that's dangerous. Do you know what I mean? Like if this threatens the man, it came out in 71, I think it was 70, 71. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just look, I adored this story because it was about, there's a filmmaker. He's got a vision he wants to, there's something about reaching for the next level that is endearing, where somebody's like, dude, this is literally everybody telling him, this is not going to work out. Like, yeah. this will not happen. And he's like, through force of sheer will, makes it happen. <laughs> this, is, this is about chasing that dream. This is about anytime someone throws an obstacle in your way, you say, fuck that, I'm going around it somehow or I'm going to compromise it to this way, but I'm going to get this fucking thing done by hook or by crook, by any means necessary. And I will fuck you up if you get in my way. And that's and, why I love this goddamn movie. And by compromise, you all like losing your eyesight or family or livelihood. <laughs> any um, means necessary, whatever it takes to get the, get, to get the project completed. Of all of the things that I've purchased on YouTube to I would this one I am very pleased with like this was I mean look this isn't when you how do I sum this up at the top of the pot here when you like set out to like honor your father and sort of commemorate history and do things this isn't a blockbuster this isn't you know like there's it's not a smash them up Hmm. I mean it's got fun moments but he did such an honor to his dad to fucking put this shit together. Like, this is a love letter. Like, this is like, thanks, dad. Like, or, or not even all the way thanks. Because it's like, hey, you were kind of shitty. But there, there are times where he makes Melvin look like a monster. And there, yeah. and Melvin has to be a monster to get this job done. And Absolutely. And it's so fucking real. Where you're like, oh, that. Because there's a, there's a little note in the credits where it's like, this is taken from the story, but a lot of it's, you know, it's incidental or it's a likeness of that story. And you're like, some of these things are like, oh, that fucking happened. Half of this is true, dude. This movie, this this story is dramatic as as fuck. Oh, man. All right. All of it. 
So, uh, by the way, we... before we before we before we get started, yeah. Um, if you've seen the Disaster Artist, it's the same damn movie except there's no real obstacle in that thing. And the, the Disaster Artist at one point they go, "Oh, hey, hey, Johnny, we're out of money." He's like, "Oh, really? Here's some money. Let's go." <laughs> <laughs> problem solved we're moving on to the next they, plot they do the whole thing where they're interviewing people with the black background and it's it's the same damn story minus the obstacle oh man and then this i just yeah until you had told me about it i didn't know this piece of cinema existed and i'm like look if i could write like a perfect uh christmas card to my mother do you know what i mean like mm-hmm. this is just like he aced this shit uh this is great being uh, the of the people's clan, I would say. All right, where do we start? Come uh, how about ba- the beginning, where we're on a motorcycle driving through the desert. <laughs> uh, Melvin Van Peebles, he's coming off Watermelon Man, mm-hmm. and he Which is, is a real movie. Also, very hard to find. Yeah, and find it. It's very expensive or inconvenient to stream through. I was looking for that. Yes. <laughs> was there a clip or two in there of it? Very like like a two second clip. Of yeah, it. yeah. There's because they use. I love also too how this movie blends this movie's actors and then the original movie's hmm. scenes into itself. That's a great piece of film. If you can do that, a great piece of filmmaking. It helps uh, be related to the filmmaker you're making the movie about. So exactly his own work, by the way. Uh, High degree of difficulty. So right. that that is some good stuff. But um, Mar- Melvin is like, all right, I got this opportunity. I need to turn it into something. So he's like soul searching. He's looking for something to do, something important. And so what do you do? Yeah, you go into the desert with your son and you take a nap on your uh, your vest there. And your son's like, what's going on? And everybody, pre-game. Son is super confused. And by the way, he's got nothing to entertain himself with. There's no cell phone. There's no DVD there's no game, player. There's, there's no, no Game Boy. Yeah, there's, there's, nothing, there's nothing happening. He's literally watching like scorpions eat grubs uh, and eagles snatching up whatever's in the prairie. This is yeah that that was in the same way where they're like, hey, where should we found Mexico City? It was like. Walk until you see an eagle eating a snake. And it was like, okay, you're just out there. You're wandering. You know, much much like the Hebrews. They were following, they were following out in the desert for a while. He is struck at, at a point because he wants to give the brother some dignity on screen. Yeah, he, he, he wasn't like, happy with the way the story of Watermelon Man. It, it sounds like it's a very offensive movie. Yeah, literally just the title. Oh, I got it. It was Hollywood in 1960 called Watermelon Man. You're like, gotcha. Totally gotcha. And for those still drawing blanks and too lazy to Google it, apparently the Watermelon Man was apparently supposed to be a horror movie about a white man who wakes up as a black man in 1969, 1970. Which now I would... That's wildly offensive. Can we make it a comedy? Yeah, and then could could Jordan Peele, could he get this on the new Twilight Zone? I feel like that would be some good stuff. Not impossible. Not yeah. impossible. Jump it on. So he then, left him with a sour taste in his mouth, so he wanted to do something different. Something didn't like different. it. Didn't like yeah. it. So then we're treated to a fantastic montage of him in his apartment trying to come up with the idea. And That's this it. is... They get real wild for a sec because there's historical clips of Martin Luther King and Malcolm X talking, and then there's news footage projected yeah, over the being room. Assassinated. Yeah, and there's like, yeah, there's a fan at one point where papers are blowing around and his hair is going. 
And then he gets visited by, at the time, I didn't know it was Sweet Sweetback. But Sweetback walks into the room and, like, says some shit. And then he just disappears. <laughs> I knew he'd come visit eventually. Uh, there sure was a, enough, there he was. There was a Woody Allen movie where there was an, uh, a writer who gets visited by all of his characters from a thing. That was okay. fantastic. Um, I bet you I bet you, 100% Mario goes, I absolutely borrowed that. Yeah, that was, I mean, it just, great detail. Because he doesn't use it over, like, it's very sparingly. Which, mm-hmm. is, thank you for not, you know what I mean? Like, Rule that was it. Yeah, that was, yeah. He just, pow, pow, pow. It comes in and we uh, we get, that's the first time we see it. After all that time, we get to see the, beautiful mind style creative process on the wall where he has all the papers up like taped there and he's got things circled and it is uh that's how it was done before there was whiteboards you know there was yeah no cork board you literally i I do that shit all the time it it looks like i'm trying to solve some kind of goddamn conspiracy but that's how you get (laughs) absolutely like the he killed jfk and then the last piece of paper that we see there's a close-up he writes money with an exclamation point but i needed money which is a good, good first act turning point thing because it's or not first act, but like it propel, propels us into the next part. Mm-hmm. But it is a great like, oh yeah, you needed to write that down that you need money to make the movie. Gotcha, sometimes gotcha. You sometimes do. <laughs> gotta now. You gotta you gotta do that. Saul Rubinek is his agent and is a total that guy. And you're like, oh shit, he's a deep that guy. <laughs> you know who his um, wife was? Who? Sally Struthers. Oh shit, that's who that was. Oh, well, good times. And uh, she, there's a the, in her confessional segment where she's with Saul. She was like, "Those children look so malnourished. They look like they could use some food." <laughs> Sally Struthers um, ran a, a huge "Save the Children from Starvation" campaign. So, she so doing it. yeah. So where does he go? His first stop. Got to sit down with Bill Harris, played by Rain Wilson in a hot tub to discuss how to finance the movie. And this is before and Rain Wilson is Dwight from The Office. This is pre-Office, but yeah. he looks the same age now. He must have gotten on that no carb, no sugar thing or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's a keto guy, but he looks exactly the same now. I think he was in Six Feet Under at this point. Okay. Or it just started. But yeah, I was also like... Because this is, this is technically a Showtime movie. Gotcha, gotcha. I didn't know that actually, but yeah. Hey, who we got? Rain Wilson. You're like oh, awesome. I actually haven't watched all the way Six Feet Under, but I should because I only saw the the series finale. I had no idea it was a series finale, and I was like, wow, some major shit just went down. It's <laughs> like that was a series finale. I was like, no way. And oh shit. Yeah, you're good there. You're good. Then okay. So what they've gone for us for this first first act is how's he gonna fund this fucking shit? He walks into a porn theater and he gets the idea to use that structure, the porn filming structure, to circumvent you, the union to film it. He, he wants to, what he wants, one of his goals in this project is to have a completely diverse crew. And that mm-hmm. he wants 50% minorities. So yeah. women. Blacks, Hispanics, uh, little Puerto Ricans, aliens, anybody he can get his hands on that may have never even ran a, a camera before, he, he's gonna, he wants involved in this. This is before the which, inclusion clause. Yeah, which guy, yeah, I mean, he is, again, way ahead of his time. This dude was like, let's get the folks involved. Let's yeah. do this. 
but it, as Rain Wilson points out, the unions, if he can even afford to hire anybody from the union, they're not going to give him that. They're just going to give him the top guys or whoever's available. or They're going to give him the crew whether he wants them or not. And he yeah. can't have that. He has to, has to make this thing 100% on his own. Yeah. This is a good setup because that's a real piece of the thing that happened. Mm-hmm. And so who, who does he meet? David Allen Greer. <laughs> David Allen Greer is a a porn director. He knows all the folks in the business, and he meets him when he is directing a very healthy chick doing voiceover for porn, and it is amazing. (laughs) This was I like David Allen Greer playing an effete porn director. I audibly laughed at just literally everything he said. Uh, Melvin laughed too at the end of that scene. (laughs) That was fantastic. Moving on. Now. Rain Wilson's uh, been charged with finding financing for the movie. And he's, he's like, gotta find a dude. I got people lined up. They're just waiting for something to come in. And this is it, buddy. This and sure it. enough, he's like, meet me at the beach. Melvin does, brings him some danishes. And he's like, go down three houses and walk on in. And at first I'm like, come on, Rain. You could at least walk us to the goddamn house. You know? Right? I thought Melvin was going to be killed. Like, that's a that's a setup where you're going to assassinate somebody. Like, no, just walk into that house. Like, yeah, go ahead. Absolutely. Something that could have happened in the 70s can absolutely happen today. So, mm-hmm. Rain Wilson, walk your goddamn friend of the house. Yeah. Uh, I will note, Rain Wilson, St. Bernard, for especially 1971, his St. Bernard was named Nixon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So the meeting he set up with Adam West, who plays, you know, just creepy, uh, moneyed white guy. And he was a former actor. He, he sm- uh, starred in some old black and white westerns. And that's, that's about the extent of his, his popularity or his, his legacy. Yeah. And he's Batman interested in investing in Sweetback. He's absolutely interested. And, you know, wow, this is going to work out. Melvin's like, thank you, man. Yeah, it's going to happen. And then Adam West stands up, takes off his robe, is fully nude, and <laughs> Melvin is horrified. <laughs> he flees. You can't get out of there quick enough. Oh, my God. I'm surprised and, they didn't do the Looney Tunes, like just a, a cloud of smoke and, and Melvin's shape was there and then just vaporized. <laughs> and he, he goes back and he somehow still has the bag of donuts and he just shoves it back in Rain Wilson's hands. He's like, fuck you, man. <laughs> Oh, my God. And we do get introduced to Mario at this point and his sister. Melvin goes to pick them up, and Mm -hmm. he's a dick (laughs) to his kids. He's like, now you're going to call me dad, right? You call me fucking dad, all right? (laughs) And you're like, Mm. okay. The kids call him his dad, Melvin. And he's like, no, my name's dad. So I don't know how much of a dick he's being. He's just making making it known. They kind of made a distinction where it was, you didn't care about this shit before. Why is this a thing now? Hmm. And I, for whatever it was, yeah, he's harsh to the kids. He doesn't have a lot of counter to that. He's just, he's just going with um, authoritarian at, at this moment. Because, they, you know, he leaves, they leave room for, for change and growth, which they, they really, you know, they pay that off in this movie. Hmm. All right, so they go to another financier. And this next dude is bizarre. His thing, another white guy, smaller, 
what does he do? He likes to climb a rope for exercise. <laughs> Been doing it for a year, and it finally, finally after a year, he's able to get to the very tippity top. This and for some a, reason, the kids are encouraging him to do this. Like, I, yeah, I, I, this I, is, I could care less if I saw my dad climbing a rope. I don't know about this you. Is, no, I, I'm good. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. This is what makes me think this is an absolutely true story is because it's weird. Mm-hmm. Because... The guy says, like, oh, no, no, you can't do it. Like, because I, it took me a year, like, to, to just even get up there. By the way, I'm 15 years younger than you, dum-dum. Like, I'm, I'm probably stronger than you already. Exactly. The financier goes, like, no, he's tired. Don't, don't, even, don't even try. And so, uh, right. The daughter saw, saw this, this little white man do it, and then he, he, she's like, Dad, you should go climb the rope next, Dad. And, uh, and Melvin's like, no, no, no. no don't, yeah. I'm not going to do it. And then she goes, like, come on, Dad. And then he doesn't. Every dad's daughter. Climbs right the fuck up the thing with a cigar in his goddamn mouth, which is boss. With his jean jacket on. Oh my God, he just goes right up. And then, I guess we're left to believe that that left the guy emasculated and didn't want to fund the movie. Like, that fell apart because of that action. Somehow it did. It it doesn't make sense why it did, but that's why truth is stranger than fiction. (laughs) And I feel like this movie did a really good job of trying to portray what this journey was like. And when there are these moments that... Because they do smooth over some plot lines, but there are weird moments that he absolutely allows for. I'm like... That happened. That absolutely happened. This is exactly how he remembers it. Mario was standing in the yard and witnessed that happen. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. All right. Rain Wilson. Coming back to Dwight Schrute. Comes through again. He's got another money man. More financiers. Mel wants to know if they're legit. Especially after the guy goes, yeah, sure. He's like, is this guy for real? Is this guy for real? And then the guy's lawyer comes back and he's like, all right, we'll do it. But he's got like some some clauses. Like one, I'm a silent partner. Two, no one's to know my name. My name is never to be attached to the picture. Mm-hmm. I don't see why any of these things are a big deal. He's not making a lot of demands for whatever the money he's offering. No, he's not, which is, it's a little weird. And then I'm not sure exactly how they pay it off, but we'll we'll get to that. But They got a deal. Uh, everything's a go and now it's time to party it's and happening they're loading up like this sure, sure enough we wake up the next day with melvin's thinking about some scenes in the movie and there's a yeah this song stuck in his head and he sees a, a kid stuck on a ceiling what was what was that what was the kid on the ceiling i couldn't i didn't tie that to anything that means something to him i they never said what that was which was like is this i thought it'd be like yeah, no, I had a twin that died in childbirth, and then I always talked to the spirit. It wasn't a thing. Like, it never came back. It's definitely but, something yeah. symbolic to him. Yeah. Regardless maybe. of whether or not we understand it, who's in bed next to him but Rain Wilson. Yep, absolutely. And, and they start rapping some more about the movie, and then sure enough... A chick pops out of the blankets that was down there. As will happen. As will happen. And then... Another chick pops out. As will it definitely happen. And then these are good. These are the best of friends. Aren't they? Like, how else? You know what I mean? Like, best of friends, best of times, making the best of memories. Because they they started off with, it was two guys without shirts sleeping in the same bed. You're like, okay. And then two chicks pop out. You're like, 
All right. <laughs> and swing in seventies, baby. This is the sexual revolution. Everybody yeah. is free love. It's free, baby. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. So, yeah. It, do your stuff. But then Rain Wilson starts going down on the second chick. And Mel is trying to explain the plot to him through the blanket while he's doing this. And Rain's falling through. He's like, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a great scene. He, he's hearing about he, he He's understanding no. all details. No, uh, motherfucker. The police, they're beating this guy. He's like, run, run, run. That that was a fantastic scene, and then and it gets better than uh, Priscilla. Oh, Priscilla's the door. great. Priscilla's great. She walks in and she starts freaking out like she is Melvin's wife, but she, Priscilla is the is Melvin's assistant. But she's always, as they say, auditioning. And she and is so the she, improv queen because she uses every piece of furniture in the room. She's like, you got a dog in here? Oh my God, you fucking freaks. I didn't even know. And she freaks out the girls, but then Rain Wilson brings it back then. It's like, no, no, no. She's just his assistant. <laughs> She's just doing a thing. And da, 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 like, yeah, a fantastic scene. Again, around. again, because that is so weird. It feels like it was like, I'm pretty sure that happened too. <laughs> that exact thing. Like, why even burn a scene on this? Uh, no, that that absolutely happened. <laughs> this, this is the interesting process when things towards your event build up. Like, you, you can't make shit up like this. It's just yeah. There's no time in the day. You're so busy <laughs> trying to prepare for your it's event. So, yeah, it's so disparate and like specific that you're like, oh shit, really? <laughs> and it's like. Why would he? Why would you even add a detail like that? It was like because Melvin was sitting there going like, "Oh, you know, one time <laughs> that absolutely happened." Molly uh, Crew would approve. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, Molly Crew is like, "Oh no, this one time, uh, the dog popped out of the bed." Uh, <laughs> all right, then they're on to location scouting. Which uh, <laughs> all I really remember at this, the only note it was I wrote down was. Rain Wilson falls down the embankment of the LA River. They're, they're checking out locations, but the majority of what we see is in the LA River. You know this from multiple movies, including most famously Terminator 2, also Blood and Blood Out. Like th- this location is used in everything, if uh, you especially only, in films filmed in LA. If you only watch two films about LA, Blood and Blood Out, which I kind of think we should do, and Terminator 2, that's good. You're good. Yeah. <laughs> Just do those two. There's like 50 others, too, that take place in that riverbank. Absolutely. And this is one of them. And I, apparently Sweetback may have been one of them as well. It was. They showed a real piece of footage from it where he's okay. running down the thing. And they have that yeah. uh, hill shot in the back. And there's the overpass. It's like, oh, shit, look. Yeah. There and Dag reminds uh, Melvin that uh, <laughs> like we don't have a permit for this location. And he's like, don't worry. We're stealing all the shots on this. Like, yeah. Everything. It'll be just one and done, one and done. We're going. You gotta fucking, you gotta hustle. You're fucking make it. You gotta hustle, baby. It's an independent film. Next piece, and this is very, this is super thorough. As if Mario Van Peebles had access to like the production schedule that Melvin saved. Yeah, so they completed all that other stuff. They got story. They got the thing. Uh, they were scouting. Now uh, they're on to auditions. <laughs> they start with a great scene with a stutterer. And at first, it seems like, like Glenn Plummer, who uh, you may or may not know from a movie called South Central. Very oh. little movie. 
Oh, okay. Well, we... You, you may uh, know him best as the dude that Keanu Reeves confiscated his car in the movie Speed to catch hey. up with us. Oh, good stuff. Hollywood royalty. Good yeah. shit. And we think that the stutter is a problem at this point, but it turns out like, no, 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 he's going for this stutter for whatever reason. But then they reveal that there's a whole hallway filled with actors who are like groaning at this. Yeah. Which I would look, I've auditioned a couple times for things. Okay. If the hallway was open with all of the other people auditioning, I would be that would make it worse. Like I would need mm-hmm. could you close the door? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like right, right, right. Th- that is that is awkward. I mean this but, movie uh, is either that indie rific or the movie that they're portraying, like we have to get all this information into one room. Um yeah. however, and, um yeah, everyone else is upset with the stutter. Um, this is these are the auditions for the role of Sweetback. Mel- Mario hasn't Melvin hasn't declared that he's going to be Sweetback yet. He's looking for a regular SAG actor at this point, uh, Screen Actors Guild, and he's like, he's definitely not Sweetback, but we can use him in something. Put him down, and then they yeah. bring, they do a montage, and he's just like the the guys that had the the swagger didn't have the technique, but the guys who had the technique wanted more lines. And Sweetback's only going to have six lines in this whole movie. Six lines, everybody. Yeah. I was trying to find a uh, a free version of Sweetback, which I, I wasn't able to do, because I wanted to watch that. Since I wanted to watch that. Yeah, cold status, uh, much like Watermelon Man. Like, if you can find it, it's expensive or inconvenient to stream through. Why doesn't the Library of Congress get in, get on this? Like this is culturally, this is relevant. This super is. I guess so. Yeah. This is, no, it's in there. This is this is at the right place, right time, the right music. Like this is this is a uh, this is key here. Anyway, it's one of those things though, like where the artist has to be dead before everyone truly appreciates. It. Oh, you're right. You're right. You are right. Uh, another thirty years. This is yeah, no question. They'll they'll codify all of the things that have been on YouTube into the Library of Congress. Like, yes. there'll just be some act signed. There's a scene where Melvin says, well, we're going to be shooting in some rough-ass places. We're going to need some ghetto muscle. <laughs> Drop that into any movie. Like, it makes, <laughs> it makes the next scene great. And so, Mel, this is fucking another weird scene. And look, we know Mario Van Peebles is like a capable filmmaker. This feels like, oh, this happened? <laughs> where he's hopping fences in a questionable part of town. And it seems like a terrible idea in that neighborhood. Yeah, there's warning signs everywhere. Beware of dog. He steps in some dog shit. Like oh. everything indicates that something dangerous lives in this house. It might be the owner. It might be the dog. It might be both. Oh, it seems like bad news. But he gets in there. There's no pit bull loose to like murder him. And so he gets into the garage. And who's there? Terry Crews. <laughs> oh my god this this lit my Big heart bad terry so cruz before anyone oh knew him god. as terry cruz before just... nine nine before he's... before uh... president camacho ah! uh, well this, this uh, like, you terry... may have known him as just a football player at this point i'm not even sure if friday after next has come out he hasn't even he hasn't changed at all like he is terry like the terry cruz i know and love is right there in front of me and it's just what does he do? He's like, try this. It's some turkey jerky. <laughs> it's fucking great. He's in a garage with pit bulls barking at him. It's like, try the turkey jerky. 
Oh, that's amazing. He's uh, Terry Crews plays a, a Black Panther revolutionary, and he, he's definitely all muscle. And they say they hire him to do security and sound for the he's movie. He's going to double as the boom guy because he's however, just that goddamn tall. However, as uh, they said, he didn't know shit about sound. So <laughs> that was a learning curve that he had to overcome. Lots of people on this set were learning for the things for the first time. It's just one of the most inexperienced crews ever. Like, we'll meet the rest of the crew later. But again, the, the three most experienced guys are the two camera operators and the sound guy that's not Terry Crews. Everyone else is just like... They're just trying to hack it out. Showing up. Showing up's 90% of the job. Yeah, fake it till you make it, baby. You can do it. Get out there. Um, So with all these pieces in place, they have their first meeting with like the whole crew and the cast. But this... Everything smiles and sunshine. Oh my God, it's going. There there is another crew that looks like this anywhere in the world. It's happening, baby. Oh, it's It's diverse. Oh, we're, it's we're changing shit. the face of history. It's some shit. Everything is going to be great from this That's point out. Awesome. At what? Excuse me. Yeah, no, no it's I'm awesome. I'm making a speech here. I'm making a speech. Hey, we're we're changing the world, right? What? The money. I was just trying. Yeah, I was trying to hype man you there, but no. Yeah, they're they're hype man. Well, what happened? Oh, I got arrested. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Anything negative can and will happen the day before the event starts. It's it's oh. part of the laws of nature. And oh my, everything yes. did happen this day. So they lose the money guy, and then they that, find out immediately afterwards that SAG wants a week's uh, all the week's paychecks up front. Uh, because Mel apparently didn't file the right paperwork, and then people are saying like maybe we should cancel or push back. Mel's yeah. like, uh, Mel's this like, is. This Fuck is the that. point where common sense is the right thing, where everybody, like, even Mel's thinking about it for a second, like, this is the opportunity to walk away from all this. Here's the problem, and here's where the movie starts getting serious. There's never going to be another opportunity to get all these people together to coordinate never. something this big and get it done. This is, this is where the sacrifice comes in, and this is where you go. This is, this is going to work, or this is going to kill me. And Mel rolls the dice, and we're yeah. we're we're shooting three days from now. I will find the money one way or the other. Yeah, and we and can't you, use SAG actors. Do you know which is that is a bummer? Find out last minute that that's a problem. Yeah. Do you know who makes the most compelling argument to not shoot it? Is Mel talking to somebody in a cowboy hat, which turns out to be Sweetback. Sweetback, um, yeah, that's 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 on a roof in L.A. and. Sweetback's like, yeah, baby, you can't do this shit. <laughs> and fucking There's Mel a little just, voice in the back of your head, man. Oh, my God. Real. Mel just there. yells, like, get the fuck off this roof. Get the fuck off my roof. <laughs> He's yeah. taking ownership of his roof in, a like, it just like a, like a psychotic fantasy sequence. He's like, get the fuck off of here. <laughs> and, and as that happens, more bad news follows where the, the one person who's been the loudest, the most vocal about being a part of this project now has to drop out the Priscilla night before Cliff. the shoot. She and Her boyfriend said the sexy stuff was no good. She yeah. didn't want to do it. This is all going bad. Like all of the, like this will happen during a production. Like shit will go bad, but this culminated like he, yeah, the stress is palpable. Like where you're like, Oh man! Oh my God! <laughs> and he makes a a great monologue where he's just like he's like I'm down to my last cigar and I can't fucking have any more. You're bringing this shit on me now. Um, <laughs> Much like Will Ferrell and Step Brothers, where he 
I just say white dog shit. You're putting this on me now? Yeah. Oh, it's happening. It's uh, it's it's real and it's 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 heartbreaking to experience. And but you gotta push through and Mel does and he makes a phone call and sure enough he, he finds call? a replacement for Priscilla. Yeah, Ginny. Uh he's like, Hey baby, you want a date tomorrow? Yeah. So she's like, yeah, I'm cool. And you're like, damn, fuck Mel. <laughs> but when she gets there, she realizes it's not like a date, but it's basically a porno. And he talks her into it and greases her palm with 200 bucks. And she proceeds to do a fucking scene with her tits out and dances around. And you're like, well, shit. <laughs> Good stuff. But yeah, the scene and everybody's there. Improbable. Folks seem to be on cocaine. Improbable. Uh, Melvin's dad is there in the background playing a role. Everyone's having. Oh, a I forgot time. about that. Yeah. Yeah, Aussie Davis is there. And then uh, Mel and she get naked. Mel and she oh. get naked, and that's it. And that point of film in this scene up front was so when the union showed up with their their hired thugs, it, it would just look like a, a black porn movie, and they yeah, for some reason don't want any money from that. And that's exactly what happens. They show up in the, the booth and it's like, oh, it's some sort of black pussy flick. And they're like, ah, fine. Um, also, I love Dag smoking the pipe again in this. The uh, <laughs> character with the leather patches on his, his tweed jacket is hilarious. Bill Cosby shows up for a moment just after this. And he's T.K. like, Carter, famous. You call me after you need something. <laughs> is fantastic he's known for two things he played a teacher on the child sitcom punky brewster in the 80s yes. and then he did the best impression of bill cosby on the child sitcom punky brewster in the 1980s oh my god pk carter is no <laughs> just for a moment just we just mentioned punky brewster all right punky brewster fun fact soleil moon fry shares a birthday with cushets Oh, does she? She does. I know she had another fun fact. She had a breast reduction. <laughs> we we all mourned that day. That was oh my god. I am for I googled Punky Brewster and then there's a thing that just has a Raiders logo next to the Punky Brewster thing. I'm like, what the hell is that? Fascinating. But maybe the world is blind or just a little unkind. Don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Seems you can't be sure of anything anymore. Although you may be lonely, and then again, one day, you're smiling again. All right. I like that. <laughs> if that was the theme song. I, I just, thought that's what it was. It's always in my head. All right. Jesus Christ. So, we're back. The scene with so the Hells Punky Brewster and Henry Wanamont. Yep. They're uh, talking about Brandon on the couch, and they're like, what do you want to do, Punky? <laughs> Wow, I just made it. Wow, we took a left turn there. All right, okay, 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 okay. Get us back on track, Kai. The scene with the Hells Angels all clapping and Mel is topless and then there's another chick. Mel's topless, but he's wearing a Chippendales bow tie still. Oh my God, what's happening there? Like, what is is this? It it seems like it's like, what is going on in this movie? (laughs) However, Sweetback is a prostitute, like a male prostitute. That was part of the story. Yes? I guess. That's what they say. Okay. So, yeah, this is in his repertoire. Like, he, look, like, uh, 
You know what I mean? Like a jujitsu master, like defending his house. He's like, I will fuck if, if necessary. You know what I mean? Like wow. if this is going now, uh, yeah, I will use my skill. I don't want to white men don't. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then he fucks the shit out of a, a black, uh, a white chick. And you're like, yeah, cool. Yeah. Drill that shit. Drill that shit. And then the next scene, another pivotal scene because Mara Van Peebles is a pretty good director because he then loops this in. We see Mario get called into service to play young Sweetback. And he's like, yeah, you're in the movie. Guess what? Uh, and you're losing your virginity. So we need to shave your hair off. <laughs> he's 13. Like, what, like, what, 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 what? Excuse me? Excuse me? What's up? What's up? I was just, yeah, what's going on? Mar- Mario Van Peebles, uh, young child Mario Van Peebles, has a, has a gigantic afro at this point. Oh, and, it's uh, beautiful. He it's, and, like, uh, he shaves it off. It's full of add some ringworm to it because uh, he's going to play a character in the Great Depression. Yeah, and then of course you feel bad, like I feel bad for Melvin because it's like, oh, again, oh, that shit happened. (laughs) Like, that is such a specific detail. Like, no, he had ringworm, he was kind of bald on this side. You're like, oh, fuck, dude. (laughs) Like, you had a hard upbringing, and he did. Like, there's a scene that gets a throwback from uh, his dad that's like, Oh, I was hard on him. I was hard on him for sure. <laughs> You're like, oh shit. Yeah, no. Yeah, he has a story about selling. He made his son sell used clothes to winos. And it was like, was again, right? oh, that shit happened. <laughs> he had to sell clothes to winos, but other winos would beat him up. Yeah. So he figured out to give some clothes to some tough guys and they would watch out for him. It's there like, you go. That's that's the hustle, dude. Like that's that's, that's what it is. I love the scene where they entice the stutterer to stutter again because fucking no. Mel steals his gun on set. Oh, so here's what? what's going on is they're, they're, they're filming multiple it. scenes back to back and everything is just one shot, one take. If it sucks, we ain't going back. So they, no. they hang out one scene and then they're coming back to another scene right next door, not even 20 feet away. And Glenn Plummer's back and it's, it's been some time since his audition but now he's not stuttering anymore. And then like, what the fuck is happening? And Dag leans and is like, he went to diction school. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's he has really to like snap him back into it. So what does he do? Steal his piece. Jesus. Steals his revolver. Christ. And sure uh, enough, that stutter comes back as, as fast as daytime. Man. Holy fuck. And then, wait, they bring this up later where it's like the guy's mad that you like they took his gun. And so they ask like, Where'd you take that shit? And it was somebody admitted they put the real gun into the prop gun bin. Mm. And it's like, are you shitting me? <laughs> they Even Mel said like, oh, I kind of had nightmares about that. Because it's like, yeah, you could have just fucking killed somebody oh, like no, no, that. No, the, the, the fourth wall exposition is, I suppose when I get some time, I'll have some nightmares about there what you go. gone wrong on that. No, he had too much shit to worry about. But still, yeah. it was like, at least even to him, though, he was concerned about like, oh, fuck, that could have killed somebody. They, they, they do a very quick 30-second montage of like 50 people. Even less. The even prop less. Box. Yeah, yeah. The, prop box, like, the, the guns are constantly the being mixed up, and they all look the same, excluding the, new, the, the real one. Oh, my God. Is that how Brandon Lee died? Is, I mean, just... No. But, uh, yeah. That's, that that's, a, that's, a, that, that's, a, uh, that's a bullshit. But a real moment where I was like, yeah, no, that's what that I think that's one of the keys about like the story isn't 
epic. It's not giant. I mean, it is in ways, but it's these details that I'm like, fuck, (laughs) where it makes me go, oh, God. Where, yeah, you've been in these situations and seen these mix-ups where, oh, shit, someone could die? Oh, man. They do get Mario a skin wig. That happens. He shows a little compassion by works some money around on the budget and Mario gets a skin wig, performs a scene. President Camacho high-fives young Mario. On the scene that day when they're shooting that, Jose has a throwaway line that's like almost like background noise where he goes, how long is this going to take? I got to go to court. Yeah. <laughs> and I, Dad, I feel like that's, I feel like this scene was done out of order. I feel like this scene was supposed to take place after they originally get arrested. Yes. And so they arrest them. They're in jail over the weekend. A couple of guys were dressed like cops because the scene required the, the dirty cops that day. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. but they, they end up spending the weekend in jail. Yeah, no good. And nobody likes that. And people were upset. About people were definitely upset there. about that. Rain Wilson's freaking out. Uh, Melvin is trying to see if he can come up with any cash. And he's literally got like $4 and change in his checkbook. And then he makes a call. And sure enough, he, he calls TK Carter, a.k.a. Bill Cosby. There you go. And uh, we, we get one more great Punky Brewster impression. <laughs> he's like, Punky! <laughs> you need to take old Brandon out for a walk. And then um, uh, Dag in the on the fly there, or it, like in the little interview thing, he says Terry Crews or T-Dog was crying like a bitch in prison and then immediately switched to T-Dog going like, I wasn't crying. <laughs> <laughs> Just that level of detail is fantastic. It's, it's great, great editing, great timing. Ugh. Gosh. Um, so eventually everyone does get out of prison. Note, note, before they get out of prison, uh, T-Dog is there with the one white guy in their crew. Hmm. And the one white guy is like protesting. He's like, this is bullshit. I have receipts. And the police are like, shut the fuck up. And T-Dog looks at the, the white guy on their team. He's like, oh, welcome to the team. You will really... <laughs> it's like, yeah, no, you get it, right? <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, ostensibly, the movie being about police brutality, they mirror this a number of times in its production. Oh, what do they do next? They get out of jail. Was there a sound guy? He's being flocked with people because they're they're actually just in the city now. Like there's no sound stage. He, sound guy and his equipment are surrounded by people. Who are like, what's going on? Oh, you're filming mm-hmm. a movie? Hey, I can do a Flip Wilson impression. Yeah, it's stuff like that. And T Dog's all upset and he's barking like a mad dog. And uh, Rain Wilson's like, I can only get four rolls of film. And Melvin's. Uh, that came up a few times. The, the amount of cans of film that they had came up like two or three times. Like it was just a constant problem for them. Yeah. Uh, ultimately, this leads to uh, <laughs> Melvin firing Dag because, uh, like, Melvin wants six and there's only four available and to get the thing perfect they needed five. So they're they're short of everything. At every turn, everybody, this was you look, if you're if you want to independently finance a movie, it's going to cost more than you think. It will take more time than you think, and shit will go wrong more than you think. The those those three are always constant, yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. If it goes if it can go wrong, it's gonna go wrong. It's gonna go wrong. 
yeah production is production life guys like the, uh, yeah you gotta you gotta plan it out and that's expensive but that they will, do blow up a car they do blow up a car but not before mel uh pulls t-dog aside by the ear and he's like look, look you either gotta get on board with this or you gotta just kill me right here because i don't have time for any of this bullshit and a little pep talk and they cool things out t-dog takes his position all the people surrounding the sound equipment back up and they blow up the car and remember this is downtown los angeles and the inner city or wherever the hell they are and no one has ever seen this before so people call the police and the fire department thinking a car is really blown up and they got permits for it though rain wilson's freaking out he's like we gotta get out of here and sure enough mel reminds him of what you just said we got permits for this then they can't do anything about this we can't buy production like this start rolling the cameras on the fire truck I'm going to do a little thing where I snake around everything, and we just enhanced our shot by tenfold. Like, and then he says, don't show them the permits until the absolute last minute, which is such a specific detail that is like, again, I think they really did that shit because it is a confu- like it's confusing or feels unnecessary for this, but like, okay. Like, yeah, they were, they were into it for that. Yeah, Melvin's trying to make the realest movie he can for as little as possible. And then they show it. Like, they show the real footage of that towards the end. Wow. It's but a cool little scene. With that, they finish. That's the end of the movie. They finish shooting. They do it. However, as, as people know in production, that is not the end of making a movie. That's you have to go end. and do now uh, post-production. And he runs out of money before he can finish it out. Hmm. and something is wrong with his eye and mel keeps falling the fuck down which is a problem yeah. he can't see <laughs> what does he do eye patch very simple the the doctor says he's go, he does go see a doctor and he's like you you need to relax or you'll go blind and he's like i ain't got time for that so adopts the eye patch and uh, i believe that's why he did get hired for a uh, fist of the north star saved them thousands of dollars on the production budget fuck yeah at a point, the editor quits, who was seemingly working for free. And He's Mel, absolutely working for free. So Mel punches him a few times in the fucking face. <laughs> it's it's a whole scene where they set up. Um, Rain Wilson again pulls a guy out of the crowd. He's like, "Here's the here's the best guy we could find for no money." For no and money, he, he tells him a friend. He's like, "Look, you're doing this for no money. I'm a bastard. I, in fact, his words are, I'm a motherfucker to work with." And the guy's yeah. like, I understand. I need you there. <laughs> I understand what I'm getting myself into. Let's do this. And four weeks into a six-week production slate, this guy just uh, like, bails out. I got out. another project. I got to go. So Mel, yeah. And again, dude, do you think that happened? Yes. 100%. Yeah, I, I fucking 100% think like Mel just punched this shit out of this guy. And probably more so than what we saw. And this is This is the problem of not being able to pay the staff because yeah. they look everyone needs to get paid but yes. if you agree to do the job free you gotta do the job like you're getting you, paid otherwise you, you need to get your yeah that's your word dude like what are you doing like don't even show up then well, uh, I get it. it's a very shocking scene upon first viewing but also once you've been in that situation you're like oh my god Me too. oh my god yeah like <laughs> you're 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 like dude you have to be it this you is a battle punch him enough melvin you can't you can't jump out of the trench right now you'll ah god damn it and again anyway. melvin makes it absolutely clear is like 
I've got everything riding on this. Like I've got my house. I, he I, does I like his, the bike. Ev- everything. He sold the bike. Everything. So here's a, the only like piece of like stitching that they did here was they just literally say somehow I finished the movie. <laughs> and that's how it always is. You never know how you get across the finish line. You just know like we we got it. <laughs> he got there. Done. They got there. Um, they carried the ball. They carried the rock across the stripe. They and you know it. what? The game still isn't over after it's that. Not now you got to sell a fucking thing. Okay, so this is where it turns into Act 3, because it's like, is this another movie here? Because it keeps going. His agent and his wife don't like the movie. <laughs> they're at uh, least real with him about it. Like, they, they try to pussyfoot around it, and he's like, no, really, what do you think about it? And they're like, this is not this is not your audience. You're yeah. your audience. But, they don't get it. <laughs> they don't. They're not in it. But he knows that too, where it's like, mm-hmm. this isn't a thing yet. You know what I mean? He's create literally, this is a pioneering a genre. And so he's like, no, but people will look and respond to this. No, like, uh, his agent yeah. telling him it's awful is like the best review he could get because it's not for that guy. Nobody. Um, have they had this? Has the movie been rated yet at this point? Because that's the thing. Uh, it's about to happen. It's, it's about to happen. Okay. Nope. Uh, the first buyers, they have it like a party. Everybody bailed it. out. Nobody likes it. They, they're like, nah, I'm out. O- uh, only one person who still bailed out early left their business card. Yeah. They're they're like, eh, what rating does the movie get? He does end up getting it rated. Uh, he get It gets rated X. X. Now everyone's okay. like, you want to shoot for that R? And he's like, they're gonna just give us an X rating. It's it's an all white jury, and Which, yeah, that's a death sentence for movies. Uh, you know what I mean? Like it can't like play in wide release. Like by the way, the rating association board. Hey guys, <laughs> go fuck yourselves. You can't see somebody going down on a woman that makes it an NC seventeen. Go fuck yourselves. Well, I mean, thank, thanks to movies like A History of Violence and uh, our favorite. Uh, oh, oh spirit, yes, that's yes. that's not a problem anymore. Um, however back pioneers, in the 70s pioneers <laughs> back in the 70s we didn't have nc-17 this was a hard x rating true. yeah and it's and, even before the r i mean i mean uh they were still coming up with the whole hierarchy there too yeah and, and melvin's prepared to get that x and he's like i got the perfect sl- slogan for it. rated x by an all-white jury like there again it's just taking these oh, obstacles it's taking negatives, turning them into positives. Oh, I missed part that. That's fucking clever, actually. Part of the poster campaign, <laughs> rated X by an all-white jury. That is very clever, actually. However, it's, it's still problems, as the distributor will point out to him. It's like, your movie's rated X, and you can't even print the, the title in the newspaper. You can't put it on the marquee. Sweet, sweet backs, badass song. Just because it's badass. This is a problem in 1971. The guy even says he's like, you can't even write ass in a newspaper. Like it's not, it's not a thing you can do. Uh, so what, what, uh, what are they? What is he? What do they do? Like, well, first they think problem. about it. They they don't agree to anything yet. Yeah, uh, but eventually mine gets even tighter. Impossible. Yeah. Uh, and it's like okay, we'll do this, but I want to meet, want to meet the guys in Detroit. By the way, he's yeah. only been offered two theaters: one in Detroit and one in Georgia. Which is bad. And you're like, fuck Georgia. This is not going to work there. <laughs> just before that. And again, Mario Van Peebles, talented director. What does he do during this time to like make it cement it as shit's going wrong? His girlfriend brings him a cupcake with a candle on it. And it ends up lighting his bed on fire when he falls asleep. 
Yeah. <laughs> that's the perfect, that's the perfect metaphor. You worked so hard for your own thing and it's literally like burning you down. Yeah. <laughs> like perf- perfect. Mario. Great fucking detail. So they can't get any press for it. They do go to Detroit, but what do they do? He's got a, Mel has a plan, which Mel's always got a plan, baby. He should be dead, but he has a plan. What does he do? He's going to push the soundtrack. It's a great detail because eventually Earth, Wind, and Fire get involved in this. One of Priscilla's boyfriends from earlier turns out to be a musician in this young and upcoming band called Earth, Wind, and Fire. Fuck yes, Earth, Wind, and Fire. They're there. And I mean, there's a detail like at the end of the movie that they bring up where Sweetback is like, he gets the money from Cosby to like finish filming, you know, finish doing it. And you're like, yeah, no, he's got money to throw around. He writes Earth, Wind, and Fire a $500 check. (laughs) And then at the end of the movie, like actually Mario reminds him in the moment, he's like, dude, you don't have that money. Like that's not a real thing. And he's like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, go get me some coffee. Shut up. At the end of the movie, like the Earth, Wind, and Fire, Maurice goes like, oh, that check bounced all over town. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. But, but, they still had legit Earth, Wind, and Fire. So, he's on different radio stations promoting it. He's like trying to make it happen, make and be. You know what I mean? Like, he's a comedian in town. He's, he's hitting the drive time uh, radio shows. He's there. For the folks. He's there opening for the opening showing. It's happening. The name's up on the billboard. It's going to, you know what I mean? Now or never. He's had to go through a whole negotiation process with the guys who own the theater because they want to throw it into a triple feature. Yes. For $1, kids, you can see three second run movies. That used to be how it was Like with a lot of theaters. was like you just, you know what I mean? You go in for the the grouping of pictures, but we've gotten away from that. And then Mel was also, no, dude, you got to show it as a single. You got to do this. They agree. The first showing, three people three, show up. Three people show up. One one revolutionary and one couple. One um, couple. And I, I thought the I thought the revolutionary guy left at an odd place. Like, why would you leave in the middle of this? Especially when, especially when spoiler alert, he, he comes back later with twenty five people. Um, I think it was because he felt it was important at that moment. He was like, "Oh shit!" Because he walked out right at the police violence part and mm-hmm. i thought it's like he doesn't know, even see like, how the scene ends he's like but at the same time it was like that was not on screens anywhere that mm-hmm. was not represented anywhere okay and okay. so i kind of i kind of connect with yeah that. sure maybe he's like oh shit no like it's about blackout is this shit happens like let me get let me go with the homies and mm-hmm. that's exactly what happened um and then eventually yeah. get just one of the orgies and then the the couple the couple's like, uh, we're we're wow. good. Yeah, we got we have dinner uh, dinner reservations. We're good. Uh, that's the matinee. That's the two o'clock show. Those folks left at like two forty five. Yeah, they're out. And then Sweetback, of course, has to pile on. Literally, Sweetback shows up to talk to Mel, and Mel is still like, "Fuck off! What you what what, what get get the fuck out of here?" <laughs> Old common well, sense love- coming to haunt you. He's like hostile. Yeah, he is that reflection of everybody telling him this is a bad <laughs> idea. He's, he's hostile to his own thoughts. He's like, fuck yeah. the fuck off. You don't even. I know. It sucks. And 
Yeah, they start switching the marquee. It's sad. He's, this is he's already he's now given up. He goes across the street to have a, have a couple beers. Meanwhile, you... the second show starts as they're trying to switch out the marquee, and sure enough, Rain Wilson and half the crew show up. Half the crew, and they drove a long way. But it's at way. this moment I am like, I feel a pain in my because it's like I've created things that. You know, I've put on like theater shows and done stuff. When nobody shows up, it's that feeling of, yeah, no one gives a shit. Uh, and you've just seen how much this guy has put on the line. You're like, mm-hmm. oh my God, it's so sad. It's so, it's just, there's no, there can be no worse feeling than it's just, this is my, I've put my entire dignity on the line for this to work. And, Mm, no <laughs> it wasn't working it wasn't but then after the crew shows up who else shows up the black panthers as you had mentioned and then running on black people time look it's a term that i've heard <laughs> hella people show up o- over two thousand people show oh up my god they show the fuck up the theater is full they run out of concessions they that have to open up the balcony concerned. yeah they're up there even, yeah, the racially separated balcony in Detroit, they're up there too. They're out. They even tell, like, the kid to go, like, go to the other theater, buy their concessions, bring them back. And this last scene where Mel comes in from the bar, he's like, oh my God, people showed up. Mm-hmm. And Mario, this is such a, this is like a beautiful It's a beautiful scene. thing, man. Mario giving up his seat. He's like, oh, dad, sit here sit with me and then he sits on his dad's lap and then everybody is enjoying the thing i was like that is like that is just to see that and you're you're seeing it like that was great that was such a good kush how many movies have we watched where they didn't resolve any (laughs) they they didn't get in they didn't solve it there was no emotional journey it was like about like watching your dad like struggle or watching a figure or following something. And this was so good. Like it was such a good journey in that. Like Mm -hmm. I appreciated it so much. Like they did, he did Mario, you did such a good job in this fucking shit. That was that connected. It was great. Like it was a great, great way to close. God damn. Yeah. I appreciated it. Uh, to, to round out the happy ending, um, it's the number one independent movie of the year. Uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire finally make their big debut because of the soundtrack. Bill Cosby gets all of his money back, and uh, uh, Melvin's able to pay off all of his debts because people are like, people are sending him death threats at this point. That's how deep into collections he went. It's a problem. It's a problem um, at that point, but it works, and it's like. We've seen a lot of moonshots or, I mean, I know a bunch of people that have gone into debt to be like, I got this idea. And it's like, oh, wow, that turned out to not work. But this is one of and those. That's always one. That's, that's always one outcome. It may not work. Um, but if yeah. you believe in something and you can, you can make the risk and you're not afraid of the sacrifice, you should absolutely do it. Like if it's just gnawing at you, like I love this movie. Uh, I live this story. Uh, most of it. I, I've, I've had those death threats. I've had oh. the crew get ready to walk out on me. I've tried to figure out where to come up with money the night before. And I've been at my wits end more times. I'm surprised I'm alive. And I thank God every day that I went through this experience 
And this movie is the, one of the realest things I've ever seen. Yeah. I, and you need I, to be a part of it. And if you don't me, fight for what you believe in, Kai, fuck it's yes. not worth it. Fuck yeah. Dude, I, I echo, I want to, I want to, like, I hear you. I want to echo what you're saying. It's like, this is like, it's a real, it's so real. Like this story is, I feel it. I, I've lived some of these moments. I haven't put as much of myself on the line, but at the same time, like, I appreciate that this shit is out there. Like, well fucking done. Yeah, man. Would you re- recommend this movie to people? I demand you buy this movie. Please. I don't need to rent it, but uh, Go. you absolutely buy it. Go. I had to buy it. I'm glad I bought it. It's at the intersection of so many like crazy things. Too. Like, because we talk about important movies all the time. This really sneaks into that category where it's like, check out Rain Wilson and Terry Crews pre fame. Earth, Wind, and Fire is involved. There's the Van Peebles verse. Like, th- there's so much to just go explore in here. And then, too, like, did you notice? Like, was this just the YouTube feed I had? Like, there was like a super high HD cam that they used even in like 03. It was... Yeah, there was times where this thing went back and forth between film and video. Yeah, it was uh, enchanting in that way. And yeah, it's a journey. Oh God, I loved all of the interviews with the actual people afterward. Mm-hmm. I could have used 30 minutes of that. That would be great, right? I could, I could use a whole... Netflix, pl- seriously. Get on fucking tracking how this movie, this shit went. Because that probably is how on if it was made like 10 years later. <laughs> that was fantastic. And then Melvin Van Peebles silently, the last shot, just looking. I only got to light that cigar too. Oh, man. perfect. Yeah. Gosh, dude, this is, the gla- I've, this is the gladdest I've been to rent a youtube thing in a long and this is the opposite of renting uh the man who killed hitler and then (laughs) like this is this is the opposite movie of like this has no point there's no direction this has all of the like there's a man on a mission like this you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. hey bigfoot guy you could learn from this movie about what it is to stand up for something because it doesn't make any sense on the other side. No, this, this and ironically, the movie Bowfinger, I think, are two of the realest movies about making a movie. Yes, fuck yes. Making anything, you know, following oh. your heart, following the dream. Yeah. Uh, just persevering through any outcome. Again, you, you have a vision for one thing, and by the end of it, your journey, it's a completely different thing just because of all the compromise and sacrifice you had to make to get there. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? It's worth it every time. Oh, totally. I really like this movie. I yes. was, I, yeah, uh, it's completely spoke to me. And then just filled in like, holy crap, Mario. I didn't know you went through some shit. Yeah, right. Oh, dad's like, all right, you got to shave your head. All right, let's go. <laughs> oh, <fuck. sighs> all right. Well, I mean, I think that's a good place to leave it. Uh, yeah, um, we, we did a good. Highly recommend that one there. Like, guys, go see it. Like, it's just, there's so historical details, good acting uh, pieces. And then, again, shit, you'll be like, well, that's weird. And you'll be like, oh, no, that fucking, that that happened. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's good stuff. All right, check us out on the web. Kush, the awesome reviews up on the kush and the kais.com. Bosley.net is kicking. 
And uh, yeah, any, any other details? Rock on, Kai. Rock on. TheBosley.net. Sit, Bosley, sit. The police, they're beating this guy. He's like, run, run, run.